What's up, everybody? It's Jeffrey Lyles. You're listening to Lyles Movie Files. All right, so we're back. I had a work trip, so it kind of screwed us over in terms of recording last week. And I figured it'd be good to let everything kind of marinate with TV shows, let them settle in for a couple weeks. And now they've started and kicked off, so it's time for us to start talking about them. And we got a bunch of news from Hollywood, so we're going to get all into it. But first up, let me introduce the crew. Chief, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. What's going on, Jeff? What's going on, fellas? And uh, to the listeners, if you're listening, what's going on with you? Javon King, what's the latest with you, man? Hey, man, everything's lovely. Um, to the listeners, thank you for tuning in. To the fellas, what's up? Um, and also, anybody out there, if you want to buy some uh, stale popcorn for a fundraiser for a robotics club, please holler at your boy. Did you get a lot of traffic on that last time? Uh, no, actually zero. Zero. I'm expecting about the same. Gotcha. And a little brother, Jace. What's up with you? Hi, man. I'm still trying to get back to this East Coast time frame after being in Oregon for a couple days. So uh, it's a work in progress, but we're going to get it done. So for all the complaints about gender-bending characters, BBC just announced that the ratings for its new Doctor Who featuring its first ever female Time Lord. It was the best uh, best premiere of any of the Doctor Whos. So, uh, with all of the... I don't know, it's, it's weird because it seems like Hollywood is now kind of like, oh, wait, if we focus more shows on women and minorities, they'll actually watch it. Why is it taking so long for them to understand that there is a greater audience than the white male viewer. Jace, what you got? This lesson hasn't been learned from basically the time the TV started. It's like, because when it was, what was it, in the 90s, they were like, hey, wow, we're so surprised that these black people are watching these shows that have black people in them. Who knew that there were black people that watch TV? I, I mean, and now they're like, oh, wow, we have, they're actually black. I'm sorry, no. They actually have women that like sci-fi show. Who knew? It's like you've never been to a Comic-Con or any of these other things that have lots of women actually wanting to watch these shows. It's like, it, it, I guess it's like funny because it's like they don't understand that just like, hey, you show more diversity. People will look at your stuff. Like, I mean, especially, I mean, like the sci-fi thing. I mean, uh, Doctor Who was never, I, I do not know anything about Doctor Who, so if anybody knows anything, please take this with 90% grain of salt. But there was nothing that specifically said that he had to be, the Doctor had to be a man. It was like, it just needed to be somebody doing whatever the job of Doctor Who was. So you could, I mean, as long as there's nothing fixed that says this person has to be this, you can always, I mean, I think you can switch them up. It's like when there's been like this continuity that this person is established as this, like Superman is established as a white male with uh, black hair. Like, okay, that's done. Bruce Wayne is not a blonde man um, with a butler, Val Kemmer style. Like, you can't do stuff like that. Like, once they've been established for like fifty, you know, sixty years, like, hey, that's they're good there. But anybody who's fluid and changed all the time, you can definitely do something like Doctor Who, and. It's just network TVs. It's like, hey, there's some not set in stone. Let's expand. It's like, I guess you were talking about like the 
uh, like trying to, for even an NYPD Blue, it's like, hey, just like you can do stuff, expand the audience by just changing small details. And I think they just in 50 some odd years, you still have the same old people doing the numbers and they just haven't figured that out yet. And until that really changes, you're going to get the same results. Like, oh, wow, we didn't know these people watch TV, even though the young people now barely watch TV and uh, as it is. But that's, I don't think that it's a matter of the young people aren't watching TV. It's they want to watch TV on their own terms. So just because, let's say, a show comes on at Tuesday doesn't mean that they're going to watch it on Tuesday. They may watch it on Friday when they're done with class and have a, a day and night to just sit and binge by the TV. And I know they're starting to incorporate those, like the plus three ratings, but they just need to reevaluate that whole system because Netflix very rarely announces any, uh, I mean, they don't announce ratings. They may give you this big data like, hey, 80 million people watched our summer romantic comedies, but they're not going to say this many people watched it or this many people watched this specific thing. Uh, they're really just doing it on their own and there's no checks and balances. And it's just like, okay, well that show got canceled. It wasn't popular enough. Okay. The reason now I'll, I'll, I'll defend network TVs on this disregard. It's like their model is based on advertisers paying for their shows. So if somebody is watching it on a plus three, they're skipping the commercials. There's no denying it. They might catch like half the season live, but they might get in the groove where they don't watch the show at all live. So they have to say, hey, if this isn't getting the day of ratings, we can't. It's really not a good, a good, great winner for us because our advertisers are paying for our, our shows. Now, like CBS All Access, they're like, hey, this is a great test for us to see, all right, if people are paying for our subscription service, what are the views and how many people are watching this show? Like, because we have much more accurate data points that we can get this to the individual user of this is the kind of program this type of user watches. And this is when they watch it all at one time. They watch them, uh, spread them out over a season, like network television. I mean, it gives them great data, but they're not going to, I mean, without, like, using the plus three really doesn't help them. It's like, yes, like, your people watching on their own time, that doesn't help the actual ABC, NBC, Fox network executives. Like, hey, I need advertisers to pay for this. I'm not asking the people to pay for it yet. So. <laughs> oh, they, they kind of are, though, with these. Uh, CBS All Access and Netflix and Hulu. So, and they're getting money you know, from Hulu. And it's mm -hmm. not like Netflix is getting that, those shows for free, and they are paying up for it. So they're it's like they're getting money all over from it. So well, I just thought that was real interesting. Uh, let's well, go. You know, on. Go ahead, Jeez. No, I was just saying. You know, whenever I hear something like that, it, you has everybody seen Hoodlum? The uh, Lawrence Fishburne movie with, with Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's a part in this in 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 in, in um, Hoodlum. Dutch Schultz, of course, is uh, going and he's grabbing all the the black the black money of town, right? So he says at one point during the show, he says, "White pennies, black pennies, 
it's all the same, right? Mm -hmm. And because none of the other gangsters wanted to come downtown and mess with the black money. They thought it was beneath mm -hmm. them. And uh, that always stuck with me because, you know, when you just said, you know, these, they're starting to make shows for the... Listen, at this point in time, you can't, you can't ignore the black money. You know what I mean? There was a time where you could ignore it. It didn't matter. But we generate or we bring so much money, so much culture now that you have to include us in this so you can get your black pennies from us. You know what I mean? Because they're substantial now. They mean something now. That black money means something. Well, you know what you I mean? Know, Where, it's always meant something. I just think when you acknowledge someone's dollars, you acknowledge their presence and you acknowledge that you have to acknowledge that presence, right? Because for what it's worth, we've always driven the culture in this country. We've always driven the culture, always. Um, nothing's changed from the 70s, 60s to, to 60s to now. Okay, so here's something that I saw that was weird. Or at least I thought it was weird. So... Kristen Bell and Keira Knightley both said that they have problems with some of the classic Disney princess films, Snow White, Cinderella, Little Mermaid in particular. They said they questioned if, if those films send an empowering message to today's generation of young girls. So my question is, and um, let's see, what's something they said? Uh, Kristen Bell goes, don't you think that it's weird that the prince kisses Snow White without her permission? And uh, Keira Knightley says, Cinderella is banned from my house because she waits around for a rich guy to rescue her. Rescue yourself. Little Mermaid is banned too. I mean, the songs are great, but do not give your voice up for a man. Hello? And I thought that was, I don't know, it, it was weird because it's like trying to use today's mindset for old stuff it's like i get as a mother you probably don't want to raise your daughter to be dependent on anybody and at the same time it's a story and i mean if you wanted to apply something i mean it's, it's just weird like going back to something from back in the day and going look i'm taking a stand against this because it doesn't represent my values today I mean, it's not like when they were making those films, they were thinking, hey, 40 years from now, women are going to be like, hey, this is not a very empowering message for us. You know, it's it's weird, I think, to kind of go back to, to old stuff and apply modern values to it. Yeah. What do you guys think about that? Am um, I off base here? I think this is, no, no, I think this is, well, this is a case of ridiculous people being ridiculous. Um, look, I understand we're in the age and the era of Me Too, but hey, if there, if a, if look at all this gender equality, and I look, okay, I'm about to sound like a pig, but if something goes bump in the night, any man on here can speak for this. Who's going downstairs to check it out? The the modern empowered woman who has a bat and a gun and doesn't need her man to check on it. Yeah, of course, huh? Yeah, it's going to nudge her man and say, what was that? What was that? Yeah, you go down there and well, check it out. Well, the modern empowered okay? woman so, look, who, needs, who has a gun and doesn't need her man isn't probably sleeping with one. So she's going to have to go and check it out. Exactly. Exactly. So that's, that's exactly. where that comes in. 
That's where that comes in. Snow White, Cinderella. Listen, the ladies in these movies, the ladies still were the lead. Yeah. So how do you you wake somebody up who's sleeping, who has to be awoken with a kiss and not kiss them? You know, that doesn't make any sense. Why would she ask for permission? How do you get permission from a sleeping person? The most has to wake her up. The most ridiculous part about it. These are fairy tales told well before the Me Too movement. There's nothing overtly sexual, creepy, other than the element that you're adding to it by being overly PC. And this is my problem with the PC culture, because you're taking life out of life. These are the things that we've based childhood on. This is fantasy, make-believe, pretend, imagination. It's not teaching your girls, your, 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 it's not teaching your daughters to be weak in any means. Because if they're weak, it's not going to be because the, a, a Disney story made them that way. It's going to be because your failings and shortcomings as a parent. It's okay, hold on, hold on. That's exactly my whole thing. It's like, I mean, I, I can honestly tell you I've probably watched 500 movies. And of those, and, that, and that's probably on the low end. No, actually, you know what? That's definitely on the low end. It's probably closer to like thousands. Because just last year I watched 107. So definitely more than that. Um, And about, let's be generous and say, out of those thousands, 200 movies have been excessively violent, Tarantino movies, horror films. And not once did I feel like, hey, I feel like this movie was wrong because it's encouraging Jason to go run around and kill people with a chainsaw. That's just irresponsible. And uh, I never felt like I want to go out there and take this uh, chainsaw to my neighbor who cut me off the other day. I mean, it's just, we need to realize that, hey, this stuff is just stories. I mean, it's, that's all they are. Cinderella, Friday the 13th, uh, anything. They're just stories. And it's your job as a parent. And if you choose to, hey, like, Cinderella's banned in my house. Well, I mean, good for you. Yay, me too. But I think it's a better deal for you to just be like, yeah, well, maybe that's not the... That you shouldn't do that now. But it's just weird, I thought, that we're making this huge deal over stuff from back in the day and trying to trying oh, to make some big statement like, hey, look at how awesome I am as a parent. I'm not going to let my daughter watch Cinderella. You know, I think the, start, the starting end point there is when someone who's in that circle of Hollywood says something, immediately tune them out because chances are that they... they Kristen Bell, I'm sure, is a nice lady to, to those who know her, but you're coming off like a self-righteous idiot. It, it, look, your, your shortcomings as a parent are, uh, will be what leads your child in, into a dependency mode uh, uh, toward the men in her life, okay? It's not going to be because she watched Cinderella, Snow White, or any other Disney princess movie. Um, stop being an idiot. That's really the most you can say for it. Just stop being an idiot. Now, this, this happened today, and I, I thought it was pretty funny because this kind of plays along with that. So you may have heard that Cassie and Diddy broke up. Apparently, he decided he hooked up with a 26-year-old and ditched Cassie. But so much of the Twitter headlines and tweets were, 
oh man, Cassie wasted all her best years on this dude who wasn't down for her. And then there were some other people who were like, look, Cassie knew what she was getting into. She hooked up with a rich dude. She got to live a good life with him for a while. So don't be mad at her. She's living her best life still. She'll be able to pick up a, a fancy rich dude like Eve uh, and get married and be just fine. So I feel like there's this weird kind of like, what's, what is the narrative? Do your own thing or be upset with Cassie for sticking with the dude for 11 years, which is like 120 in Hollywood relationship years. Or, hey, Cassie should have been getting her own and not worrying about Diddy in the first place. Chief, what do you think? I mean, people break up. So if you meet a girl now you and you're not supposed to break up with her, I mean, really, by the time, sometimes by the time this news hits, They've been broken up for months. And, and, and then another thing, who cares? Like, who <laughs> did he date? What does that matter? Uh, uh, and, then, and on the flip side, are any of us going to get to date Cassie? No. Well, Probably not. Would I date Cassie? Yes. Would, would, am I going to get a dater? No. Because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not in that circle. So... You know, yeah, all these Hollywood things, you know, just the other day they're talking about uh, uh, the dude from Saturday Night Live and his girl breaking up. There you yeah, Grande. Yeah, dude. I, who I didn't see that? that? Who didn't see that coming? I, I did not. They looked like they were going to be knock me down with really? a feather. Knock yeah, me uh, down yeah. with a feather. Okay. I, I saw so that anyway, one going to distance, I mean, Chief. Kept me up at night. I'm telling you, I've seen people greater than P. Diddy and Cassie or whoever you got break up. I'm like, oh, man, they're going to be together forever. And then somebody's like, oh, man, we broke up. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. And I don't care. I don't care about Cassie. I don't care right. about P. Diddy. I don't care about Hollywood people, period. I, right. You know, the opinion, and, and this is the funny thing, people follow these people and listen to the words like, like, yo, form your own goddamn opinion. Who cares <laughs> with P. Diddy, Cassie, Kanye? Who cares what any of these fools say and think? You have a brand of your own. What do you think? You know what I mean? How do you feel about that situation? A situation? Why do you care about their business? If hey, I was, if if I if if they broke up with somebody and I came to your house and I didn't know you and I was like, damn, son, let me let me tell you how you messed this one up. And you don't know me, <laughs> like, like who the hell, like, like what business does it mean to come in and knock on your door? Hey man, I saw your girl roll out yesterday on you. You're a fool. You are a fool. I don't know. I'm lying. What's your name? Right. Right. <laughs> Who the hell are you? And that's how people are nowadays. I, you know, they, as soon as there's someone, you know, I got to get in. I got to say, that's none of your business. Because if it was the same way for you, you'd be mad as hell if somebody jumped in your business that you didn't know and got involved in, in whatever it is that you do. So... You know, and, and, and flip it the same way. Just because they, they're stars and they're on TV, that doesn't mean you can jump in their, their business. And it means you, why would you want to? Like, who gives a damn about P. Diddy? You know what I mean? I, 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 any of them. Any of them. You think P. Diddy's somewhere thinking about you? <laughs> I, I, just, I don't get it. I'm not, I, you know, like, that's me. That's, that's me. I, I could care less. Oh, I could care less about Hollywood stars, Hollywood starlets. I, Thank you. I, I don't give a damn what y'all do. I don't care what you do. I got do. my own problems. I got, you know what I mean? I don't, 
How am I gonna pay this, this mortgage care. next month? That's what exactly. I was about. I don't care who you date, what you do, mm-hmm. where you go, who you had for lunch, what you're wearing, where you're going. I I don't care. And and with, like with the Diddy thing, right? Um, you were they really together? I never saw them together. Dude, they were they were super together. They were. I never I never do I never knew it. That's never funny. Yeah, he was rocking hard with her. Wow. Okay. All right. Let's see. Moving on here. TV shows are back on. And uh, we've got The Walking Dead. We've got the Arrowverse shows. And um, let's just get going with it. So I know we're all about what's going on in The Walking Dead. I can pretty much read Javon's script. I know what he's going to say. But let me uh, do a quick recap on how everything's played out so far. We've done a, another fast forward. Uh, Rick and his crew have started a new civilization, a new beginning, and this time it's really going to work. Um, they're still kind of operating with the three kingdom uh, status or civilization model. We've got the Alexandria kingdom refugees kind of operating on their little magic realm or whatever we've got the hilltop which is the shining beacon of civilization and we've got the dregs in the sanctuary and it's kind of interesting the way it's set up because it's, there's this subtle class system going on where the sanctuary or the the poor class and nobody wants to be bothered with them they kind of treat them like outcasts and the middle class is rick's rick's crew and the kingdom crew and the hilltop Everybody wants something from Hilltop, whether it's supplies or just, hey, we need you guys to, to pull your weight and do a little bit more to help us out. So it's kind of this interesting dynamic on that end. And I like what we've got going so far with this rising tension between the Hilltop and, and Rick's crew and Michonne mentioning like, hey, who's deciding who's the judge, jury, and executioner if we need to kill people? And those are really interesting questions they've raised, and we're starting to see some further fracturing of these different groups. We've got Daryl, who's really fed up with the Sanctuary crew. He's had it. I mean, these guys are still rocking Negan graffiti, saying Savior's rock, Savior save us, and he's tired of it. And it's like, these guys are the losers of the war. These are the Nazis, and we don't need to come and fix up every, everything for them after the war. It's done. They need to fend for themselves. And I don't necessarily feel like he and Maggie are wrong in that approach. It's like Rick is forcing this alliance, this, this great shining beacon, beacon of civilization for everybody. And Rick Grimes' new world order is going to work. And it's kind of this weird dynamic because who's he trying to set it up for? For Judith, Carl's gone, so he doesn't have his son to see this utopia come to fruition. So it's really interesting seeing how this is playing out. But my main problem is I feel like the writing's been a lot stronger. We've got a real dynamic that can actually take time to develop. But we know the two main forces, Andrew Lincoln... Lauren Cohen are going to be leaving the show this season. And I don't know if this is going to work in their absence. And worse for AMC, the ratings for The Walking Dead are going further and further into the toilet 
each week. Like uh, the season premiere was the lowest of any Walking Dead premiere. And this week's, this last Sunday's episode was even lower than that. So the audience has, that audience that was still there over these nine seasons is checking out at an alarming rate. And I think it's kind of a weird time because it's, it's gotten better. I mean, you know, it's one of those things where, hey, come back. Stop leaving. It's it's better. But I think with the combination of two of the big stars leaving and people just fed up with everything, they're done. So, Javon, I'm going to let you wrap it up on this. But, uh, Jace, Chief, I want to hear what you guys had to say first. Well, I mean, you touched on it. When you suck. Hold up. Hold up. I'm going to let you go last because I know you got a lot to say about it. Oh, I thought you wanted me first. Go on. Go, gosh, no, because I know you're going to go off. So, okay. Chief, Jace, what you got? All right. <laughs> there, there comes a point where, like, in, in this analysis, I like to use Smallville as an example. There comes a point when you know the main characters, some one of the main characters are gone, or the writing has hit this point of so pissed you off. You're not coming back. You can't tell me everything is fixed. I'm just done with the show. Um, I think that happened kind of with Arrow, too. It was like after a couple of those bad uh, – I guess it was uh, season three and four. People were like, "I'm done." Even though season five was probably their best season, it was like, "I'm done. I can't. I can't mess with you guys. You take up an hour of my life. I'm not doing that." Uh, with this last Walking Dead, I mean, like the season premiere was better than it's been in a while. It was like there was some action. It looked like there could conceivably be some, you know, one of the main characters going, which is okay when it's not telegraphed. And it's actually in stories like, oh, wow, there's some action, actionable could happen. Like Ezekiel could die. Like there's nothing that says he can't die for some fluke accident. Like, but when, when you go with, you know, like, I mean, you could, you could like for this season, if you were to, somebody actually decided to watch it, you'd be like, okay, here's this big conflict where it's going to be Maggie versus Rick. And if you knew there was like a number two successor, behind, like, Maggie, like, are we going to have it Edith? Is she going to be the one that takes over when Maggie probably dies or something? No. Karen. Who? I'm not saying who. I'm Karen saying. To, to take over. Or, or Jesus. Yes, we've been, we've invested a lot into those characters. Okay. Uh, Michonne, I, I, we don't think Michonne's going to stick around. She's, I mean, if, if she's not, she's not slated to leave this season, but her sticking around two more seasons or something like that, doubtful. I mean, so Walking Dead should have just like when Le- Andrew Lincoln said, "Hey, guys, it's been a great run, but I'm wrapping this up." They should have said, "You know what? I agree with you, Andrew." And yet, all this has been AMC has been great money, and maybe we can do a spin ahead. Hell, we can move some of these characters to walk, Fear the Walking Dead, but I think this show we're gonna wrap it up too. If you're done. We can wrap it up. We make a really good kicktail, blow it out war, and somehow we figure out how we're resolving this whole show. Like regardless of what the comic book does, we're we're wrapping this up. But it, <laughs> right now it's just like I'm I, I I didn't even watch last week. I mean on Sundays and it was like, and it wasn't just because I was away. It was just like I'm not really in a rush to see this season. It's like. Until somebody says, all right, this is an episode that's really going to keep you watching the next three. 
I'm just like, hey, if I get to it, I'll get to it. I'm not rushing to watch Walking Dead. And I'm sure as hell not watching it, a 90-minute episode on AMC when 45 minutes of it is commercial. So it's like, yeah, and Walking Dead's got, I still got, it's got to do a lot of work to get the goodwill of the fans back. And the first episode was good, but it's like, it's not, it's not like some tragedy or something related to scripture. Like, this is cliffhanger for this week. Like, I mean, hell, at this point, you almost need to do something like every week, like when Glenn, we thought Glenn was going to die. You need to do that, like more to connect me to coming in next week, not just wrapping this up in a week. Like, okay, well, well, for your point, the second episode does have something like that. So, I mean, not so much like a tease death, but I mean, I think in these two episodes, there have been some significant events that have happened to, you know, tertiary characters who we've grown to care about to some extent. And it hasn't just been, hey, life is good, or hey, we've got this big problem, and then we're going to deal with it 10 episodes down the road. I think the pacing has been really good in terms of establishing issues, knowing that it's going to build up and not rushing it, and showing you how this is all going to come apart. Okay, well, I was going to say, I I, I do, like, I I found it, it's like, I I almost laugh at it, it's like, what is the point of building up the sanctuary? It's like, unless you're just literally going to make that the metalworks place, like, I don't, I, I, I don't understand, it's like, oh yes, you had all these people living in the sanctuary, it's like, why would you just keep them all in this one, like, area? It's like, and nothing grows. I'm thinking it's been what enough time. So Lori's had her baby. You know, Lori's had her baby. So it's been nine months, and you can't grow anything, and you're still at it. Like, why are you wasting resources? That doesn't make any sense. It's like excellent question. I mean, hey, I mean, you've got a whole rest of the world now open to you. It's like you you ventured up to D.C. to raid the National uh, Museum. Y'all don't want to take over one of those nice apartment buildings. I think what the deal is with the sanctuary is simply. Rick knows that he can't trust these cats and he doesn't want them building up resources. So they have a world war four. And I think having his people there is just a means of keeping an eye on them. I mean, cause it's like, there's no need to keep scouts going back and forth to sanctuary in case they're building some star killer base that we never explained what the purpose of. Sorry. Um, but it's more of a thing of just keeping an eye on them. And that's why you're not seeing the saviors come into either of these communities. Um, you saw how Maggie reacted to Clint. Like, come on, dude, you're, you're not really trying to stick around here, are you? And apparently he's worked his way in. But I don't see the rest of these cats doing that. I really wish you'd watch the second episode, though, because there was a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, Chief, what do you think about it so far? I only saw the first episode. I haven't watched this this uh, episode yet. But, you know, it, it, so the first one, you know, I mean, it was a, a death of a, of a character who had been around for a while. But at the same time, NWA, uh, 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 um, Walking Dead used to be NWA. Now it's just NWH. You know what I mean? Straight out of low cash. And you get a episode now that is to me subpar but decent in this subpar era for it and you're like, Oh wow. That was that was a good episode because you've been getting so much 
like it's been it's it's been so bad for so long that you can only like any episode you get that is halfway decent, you're just you know oh wow this is this is this is a good episode. So for me, um, I saw it. I, I, to me, it wasn't. Um, I just wasn't repressed on any level what happened. I was just like, okay. Um, you know, I knew the king was going to fall through the floor. Um, so on and so forth. Um, you know, I knew Maggie was going to survive the attack. Uh, it, just whatever, you know. Um, so it's just gotten to that point now where, um, you it's just if it's a decent point. episode, right? If you if it's a decent episode, you were like, oh okay, but it's still not where it used to be as far as great episodes. And like I said, if, they, if somebody's been handing you, uh, you know, an undercooked burger for so long, the first time you get, you know, uh, a, a decent piece of food, you're like, oh, mm, mm. you know what I mean? This is this is delicious. And it's just really not. It's just really not. Nothing has been happening that has made this thing uh, amazing at any point in in, in in so long. So, and as far as where Rick goes, I mean, it's getting to the point like where you almost like, man, who cares where Rick goes? Like, take take Maggie with you when you leave. Um. So uh, you know. I mean, I'll I check this up. You said last week's episode was decent. At some point this week, I'll get to it. But eh, I'm just not. I'm just not where I was on it. Like I've sat through too many seasons. You know what I mean? Clipping my toenails while watching. You know what I mean? Like, let me do my toenails now. And so that's 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 what happens. You know what I mean? Instead of really, you know, how you 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 find yourself just. Halfway into the episode, you're doing other stuff. You're on your phone. You're you're you're, you're on Instagram. You're tweeting, and before you know it, the episode's off, and you kind of glaze through it because nothing went on. That's a lot of times where I find myself. So, yeah, that's right. me now. But you know, okay, Javon, um, did you watch these two episodes, or did you just watch the first one? All right. Um, Let me hear your take on it. Not even to touch on the episodes, to touch on the Walking Dead property itself. This is what happens when you eat good. This is what happens when you live in high on the hog. You forget about substance. You it became such a juggernaut and such a property that. The what made the show good got lost somewhere between seasons five to where we are to where we were at the end of uh, season eight, and now in season nine, and I'm and, and you know it, 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 it they're trying to find their way again because they realized at some point, and this is with the exit of Scott Gimple and and those who saw or, or ran the show while it was during that that stretch that most will say was the worst time for the show. Um, it became such, and I always say this, the show got so popular that it, it, it was weighed down by its own popularity. 
characters couldn't die. They felt they couldn't deviate from the source material. Um, they they felt that they had to keep certain characters alive to create story. And then they gave one man too much creative liberty. And the show is where you have it today. Albeit with with, with certain genres, science fiction, horror, et cetera, being, being one of those, you have a staunch fan base and you're not going to be able to please them at every turn. Sometimes people are going to look for things to nitpick because that's just the way they are, right? With this show, though, they, like I always say, were weighed down by their own popularity. So certain storylines went on too long. Certain characters lived too long. Certain characters who, who should have gotten an extended run got killed off before their time. They did too much to ruin a good thing. In order okay. to make so a cash think about cow. These, these two episodes. What's your take on those? Can I finish my statement, please? No, Daddy, go ahead. I, like I said, leading up to the two episodes, what they've done is they've tried to reset this show. Based on everything I just said, they're trying to reset. You can't do that now. You're too far in. And we already know the end game. It's not like Maggie and Rick are going to ride in that cut, listen to the sky as they sing, you're the one that I want. This is, this is you know, this, they're going to die. It's going to be, it's going to be it. How else do you explain them not being around and not just going to go to uh, another show like Morgan, the other, the spinoff show like Morgan. Lauren, um, Cohen, Lauren Cohen is in talks to return. So they may not kill her off, but just write her off temporarily. And, in talks to return. I mean, that all depends on whether the show that she's going to be on on ABC is a hit, right? Hey, man, you so, translated that. Right? So here's the thing. we the, the fans of the show know what's going to happen, so there's really no incentive to watch until the end of the season. There's really no incentive for you to watch. No, I don't think they're both sticking around to the end of the season. I think uh, it's a midway point. I'm not sure how many episodes they're on, but I don't think Andrew Lincoln. Yeah, I, I seriously doubt they're going to kill either one of them or write off either one of them at the midpoint, the mid-season break. Because yeah, you know you're not going to have anyone watch. Why Why would you do that? So you can ensure no, that, no one watches the season finale? But you want to, like, okay, if you want to do something that really shot, I mean, and this is, this is what I hate about anything. You can't, if somebody's leaving too early, you can't mm-hmm. t- announce it to everybody because it's like, Oh, everybody knows. Like, if you would announce, like, Glenn's this is Glenn's last season. As soon as he, as soon as the season starts, you're like, oh wow. I mean, I really bonded with Glenn, but as soon as he's gone, I'm I'm, I'm out. But if you just let it happen organically, like, oh shoot, did they just kill Glenn off? Oh shoot, yeah. I, gotta, I gotta watch this whole in thing. A, but you telegraphed it so early. It's like in a in a perfect world, Jason, the news would open up with the weather, so you didn't have to wait until 11:25 to see what the weather's going to be tomorrow. But that's why they wait until 11.25 so you can watch the news, right? This is going to be the same thing with The Walking Dead. If we kill off either one of them at the mid-season run, especially Rick, why would you watch the season finale? Why? This is the game one guy. This is the guy that's on the marquee. He's not there all season. You've been wrong before. You have too. Yeah, not about (laughs) The Walking Dead. Remember when you were telling me they weren't going to do what now? Go back. Dude, Go back a couple not, episodes. They're not going to kill yeah, all I'll wait. Gonna kill I'll wait. He won't be around I'll in the finale. You've been wrong before. Okay. You know, I have too. Last, no, I all haven't. 
you've been you've been wrong before. Let's Absolutely. go back to last season. Let's go pull back to last pull season. Pull the tape. All right, okay. Jay. Listen, All right. they can actually have him in the, in the season finale, honestly. If you want to, I mean, if, to be very technical, they can have Rick in the season finale as a zombie. Like, there's nothing that stops that. Yeah, not there's nothing that stops it, but that's not going to happen either. You're not going to kill off the guy who is the marquee at midseason, and you're not going to turn him into a zombie. Remember, you guys were telling me that, that, that the saviors weren't going to – that something stupid was going to happen at the end of the season when they all came through in the clutch. I'm telling you, the, this, is, this, is, this is how this thing works, man. They're not killing off anybody at midseason because you're not going to be incentivized to watch the end of the season. Okay, Javon, if you is a fan who's borderline tired of the show but still keeps you, – you keep sticking it out. If yeah. they did kill off Rick. It's a midseason finale. Would you right, watch stop, 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 well, stop. It's still stop, a property. Stop, stop, stop. I've, I've got the information. He is appearing in six episodes this season. In six episodes. Six so episodes. what that may, what that may mean is episodes. that we may not see him for the next three to four episodes. It doesn't mean that, okay, because of that, he's going to just end his run at the midway point. That doesn't mean a thing. That just means that he's going to appear in six episodes, Jeff. That's all it means. How what what that sequence is? They're not saying he's going to appear in the first six episodes. Does it say that? Does it say that? Answer the question. There's more than six episodes before the midseason finale. Okay, but does it say he's going to appear in the first six episodes up until the midseason finale? No, it just they, says six episodes. Say six episodes. Yeah. And they're not yeah, going to say we're going to kill him at the halfway point. All they that means not. is he's appearing in six episodes. That's all that means. All right, I'm putting a timestamp on this one so I can play it back in the midseason finale where Rick's dead. So, where exactly did The Walking Dead lose y'all? Because I'm curious because there's so many people who are no longer watching the show, which was once Cable's shining gem, the reason why people weren't cutting the cord. And I have some suspicions. I've been, you know, I've clearly been into it more than you guys have. But... Um, there were some slower episodes the last two seasons, but I feel like a lot of people have checked out before then. Chief, when did The Walking Dead start to lose you? Uh, when did it start to go bad? Uh, I think when they kind of hit Alexandria. Um, it it, it kind of like like the first season of Alexandria was good uh, to to some degree, and then it just kind of like in a way it just kind of fizzled out. Um, like they would have some high points, like you know Negan's first appearance, um, but they just weren't like they had like they they were they were wanderers before. And every episode would give you the danger of them just walking through the woods, not knowing they got a stable place to 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 rest at, and then they everything around them kind of calmed down, and then it was just episodes and episodes and episodes of nothing happening, like 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 my life, you know what I mean? Just nothing happening. Every day is the same as the day before. 
And, you know, that's how it, I was just like, okay. So it's just more talk, you know. Remember when that uh, fifth crew member used to beam down on the Enterprise? Mm-hmm. And uh, you knew he wasn't going to beam back. You knew whatever's on that planet was going to kill that guy. We all knew it. He knew it, hell. And then uh, it started becoming that. That fifth crew member would come. You're like, who is this guy? Oh, this is Reginald. You're like, where the hell did Reginald come from? He's going to accompany us on this run. We're like, okay. <laughs> Goodbye, Reginald. <laughs> You know, so, um, yeah, just, you know, and like I said, it was, some episodes would be good, but it was just those points where nothing happened. You know what I mean? Um, in our TV show, where nothing happens, we're, we're, it's, it's, it's more of a, like a drama, but. It's supposed to be more or less a, a zombie show, you know, um, and and that's kind of where they lost me. I think, um, you know, like the prison spoil stories were good, the governor was good, um, you know, uh, just there, there were good stories here and there. And then, like I said, they got the Alexandra, and then like like I thought the Negan story was going to be more exciting than it was. And it just wasn't. And and then certain things they did just didn't make sense. And you just you I stopped understanding how the characters thought. And from then on, you know, it just my love for it just started to go, you know, just weighing. You know what I mean? It just started to go down. When you when you are watching, you see a character's motivation behind something, and then you're watching and that same character just they don't move the same, they don't act the same. None of that. So yeah, yeah, somewhere and how long have they been on Alexandria? About three seasons now? Yeah, four. four seasons? Four yeah, minutes. So yeah, somewhere in there they just they just I mean slowed down. Like I said, they had some high points. They had some good episodes. Like one of my favorite episodes is I always thought Rick was gonna hook up with that girl the doctor's wife. Right. And then uh, they walked in with, the, you know what I'm saying? And the little boy oh, got yeah, scared. That was great. <laughs> Mommy. That was a good episode. Yeah. That was a good episode. But like I said, episodes like that were far in between. You know what I mean? Like, um, they just weren't, uh, they weren't episodes like that anymore. Uh, the, the episode where Carol and um, what's his name? The black guy. They took in the two little girls, and the little girl Clarice, killed yeah. her. Uh, look at the her flowers. Sister. Yeah, look at, look at the flowers. That was a good episode. After that episode ended, you kind of was sitting there thinking, um, you know, the Terminex episode, the Terminus X episode. Like those were episodes. Like think about last season, right? Mm-hmm. Think about those episodes I named, and now think about other than the Glenn episode. What episode really stood out? Like other last few seasons that, like, you know what I mean? You there's so uh, probably fun. when when the Kingdom and the Hilltop and Alexandria united for the first time. Ugh, that, was that was terrible. That was terrible. That was episode like that for me. 
That was terrible. Okay. It was very predictable. Right. You haven't liked the episode of Walking Dead in a minute. Because it's predictable, it. Jeff. And no, it's predictable. Like, okay, she ran up and bit the guy that was getting ready to bite Rick. Out of everybody, she passes everybody. It's just, it's predictable. And this is my problem, and this is why I'm telling you before. It, you can predict this show. I've done it before. You can predict what's going to happen. They throw you for a loop early, but then they go back to what's safe and convenient because, hey, not for nothing, we got a commodity to protect. This okay. is where, that's where this show failed. That's where it really failed. Javon, I'm actually going to co-sign a little bit with you. On the, the start of season, I think it's season six, when they did the like black and white flashbacks mm-hmm. where they were like trying to lead the zombies away, I'm like, okay, they're doing episodes. something different. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. That, that season for me looked like they were doing something different. Like they okay. had the black and white uh, flashbacks and then the present, what they were doing with the zombies. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. they're doing something different here. And then after that, it became... All right, we're going to split the crew off. We're going to split them off, and then they're going to get in these subplots, and some of them are dragging on, and then mm-hmm. there's going to be those characters you don't care about. And instead of the original season one where this show was eight episodes long, mm-hmm. it's now bloated up to 17. Mm-hmm. And it's like when you get to that, they're bloat on, like, and, and it really started getting bad when you got, like, past Terminus. You're like, Wow, we are really dragging in this Alexandria. I know Rick's oh, yeah. gonna plot something, but I, even mm-hmm. I'm a little tired. Like, wh- whatever happened? Were the wolves part of the Saviors? Did I miss that? Are they banished members of the Saviors? They were a separate group. They were a separate group that we didn't get to see anything about, but the one guy, the yeah, one like, wolf guy, right? It's like that storyline basically went nowhere. It's like these the wolves are the ones it's who good. broke into the Alexandria, and y'all just gonna let it roll? Okay, yeah, all right. Uh, they killed we, off the wolves. Who were the wolves? Who were the wolves? A random bunch of dudes that they killed off because they were coming in on their the, area. The wolves were far more interesting than anything going on with the saviors, to be honest with you. And they could have let that go for at least three more episodes. The garbage no, people, the garbage yeah. people, and Jadis. Are you kidding me? No, I'm saying, Come I'm on. saying the wolves. Like they don't, they don't need to let anything. Go on more episodes. That's the problem with The Walking Dead. It's some of the stuff needs to actually get wrapped up and come up with like, like I mean, the saviors were an issue, but it can be. It's got to be like, it has to be like action or something. It can't. It's got to be. This show has gotten to the point. It can't be as much drama. It has to be much more action oriented. Mm-hmm. It's like, and I think that's what's. It's like the. I mean, you can have those episodes where it slows down, where it's like, you can have. Uh, gosh, I'm gonna say uh, you could you could conceivably have an episode where you no Carol's episode where it slows down after something really heavy has happened. Like whoa, mm-hmm. or you need that break episode. But most of it, when you actually have antagonists, you can't just have them sitting back just lollygagging farming. <laughs> you, you, right. need you need to watch. You need to watch the second episode because you're basing off of one episode from this. Yeah, season. I'm not based. I'm not based. Nobody. You, you asked the question. Yeah, you, you asked the question. question. When. When did you start losing it for Walking Dead? It's starting to turn everything around with this season. It's two episodes. No, no, Jeff, it's too late. And that's the thing about it. Even though you say the second episode, the second episode was as predictable as anything that we've seen. We've seen this before. You should stop watching the show. (laughs) No, I'm watching the show and looking at it with a reflective. I'm looking at it as it is. I'm not seeing more than what's there. And I think you're kind of doing that. 
You're seeing more than what's there. This is a show that's really trying to get back to what they once were, and they can't do it at this stage because your two biggest, two of your biggest cast members are leaving the show. You can't kind of correct what you've gone, where you've gone wrong in a season. The best they can hope for is to provide a clear, a clear vision of where this is going and wrap it up at the end of the season. Listen, because at this you, stage, there's not left. To, there's not much left to tell. Okay, you could conceivably, if you want to change the whole direction, you kill off all all of the season one cast. Yeah, they're not going to do that. You have a Transformers uh, movie style war, huh? Mm-hmm. Do you agree with me on that one, Chase? Yeah, you can. I mean, like, there's enough left. They have say, to do it. Say at that point, at this okay, point, hold on, Jace. all season one. So we, hold on, Jace. Jace, would you watch the show anymore if that were the case? Would it, Jace, would it barely, renew your interest in the show if they killed everybody off? For if you did it in actually an action-packed way, and actually it, like there was if story they just got killed on, off right away in the opening of the episode, would that make you go, oh, shoot, now, now it's gotten better? Would you? Uh, we're not talking about the opening of an episode, but like I mean, you said, like natural. if they just did it to shock you, would, would that work for you? No, I again. Like, I don't, both I'm, saying, hold no. on. Y'all are both saying it's too predictable. It's the same old, same old. They made too many mistakes. Yeah. They can't recover. So, why are y'all still watching if it's past the point of, re- of recovery? Because I've been watching this show since October of 2010. I'm invested now. I'm Man, invested. I, I used to I be invested. I used to be invested in the WWE. I used to watch every Monday night. And then on Thursdays when they had SmackDown. And over the course of the last six years, mm-hmm. I realized they're not going to get any better. And I'm going to keep well, watching and be disappointed, or I can just stop watching. I can read what happened, but I'm not going to waste three or five hours on something that's just going to frustrate and infuriate me. Well, here's the thing, like I said, that's that's three to five hours. No, this is totally different. You're talking three to five hours of dedicating to watching a program, right? And this is a program where the rosters change every couple of years or so. We're talking day one guys. Who's been the title holder for the last five years in wrestling? Dude, like, not seen it. He hasn't held the title. Not seen it. I mean, he's had the title within that five years a He's lot held of those times. A lot of those times, but not the entire run. But I mean, Rick wasn't Rick, the head dude man, in Walking Dead. I Rick's mean, been was, the guy wearing for what a whole season. Okay, Jeff, will show me the opening poster for this series where somebody else was on it as the featured character. I wait. The people on there. Yeah, on, on there, but Rick is the guy. This is what I'm saying, man. Rick's the guy. Okay. Listen, so, if, 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 if Carl had stuck around. I don't think any. I don't. I, I really say if Carl stuck around and you killed up all the day ones beside Carl, mm-hmm. this becomes a different. Everybody, show. everybody, everybody. Hey, we're, we're, what's what's Carl? How's Carl gonna survive? This is a, that's a different show now. But like, from day one, Rick Grimes has been the driving force behind the show. So right. you want to see? Hey, you're invested most of all in him. The show started with him and and Shane in the squad car. The episode really got off the ground with him waking up in the hospital. It's all going to come back to Rick Grimes. It all began with him. So that's why you're invested. It's not like wrestling where it's three to five hours of nonsense and, and somebody exchanges the belt for a couple of what months. What I'm talking or about is 
my level of dissatisfaction with wrestling seems to be at the same point of dissatisfaction you have with The Walking Dead. Now, I was, I've well, no, been invested. I've invested. What I was saying, I was invested in wrestling longer than however the nine seasons that Walking Dead's been on. So mm-hmm. at least double that. So for me to just be like, all right, I, I can't deal with this anymore is because it got to the point where it was just stupid, predictable, and boring. And you're saying the same stuff, like, oh, it's predictable, it's boring. Yeah, I'm yeah, not interested, it. and I'm not invested in it anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, why did you watch it? Right. Well, because you know that wrestling's not going to finish, right? It's well, keep- I mean, but if you're saying that Rick is going to die at the season finale, why why watch anything else this season until the last well, here's the thing. Well, here's the thing to, to counter that. I'm not watching on Sunday night at 9 like I used to. It used to be must-watch television. Now I'll catch it Tuesday afternoon when I get off work. Or if I'm taking a shit, I'm not as invested in that show as I once was. But I'm still invested because I've spent the last nine years watching that show. It's what it is. I want to see how they end it. I want to see where they go and how they end it. Now, I may poop on it because, hey, it's my right. I've invested this much time into it. And I think they des- I think the people, those of us who watch this show, deserve a better product than we have gotten over that time. Because that's the thing when you watch and invest in something, you want the best for it. You want to see a good product because you've invested so much time and you know it can be better than what they're giving you. And that's the reason why I continue to watch, to see where they're going to go and how it can be better. And like you said, season episode two is a, is a, is a decent episode, but it was predictable. You, you knew it was going to happen. You knew what was going to happen. Like at the end when the guy with the Jody from, who was in uh, Shameless ends up walking away from the camp because he has this exchange no, with Rick. Don't tell them because they, they haven't watched it. Okay, well, whoever hasn't watched it, there's something happens. But you, I knew that was going to happen. I knew that was going to happen. I knew Gregory in the first episode was going to do what he did to set that whole thing up. I have a question for you. I mean, you're mm-hmm. not like a 20-year-old, not a 30-year-old. You've been watching TV for a minute. Now, are you still watching shows that are surprising you all the time? I mean, because shows that I like do things that are predictable. And in some cases, that predictability is just because I've watched so much TV. Oh, come on, man. We've watched so much. Yeah, but I'm saying in some cases, that predictability is like, that's what makes sense. That's good storytelling that I recognize because it makes sense. And if you do something to just surprise me, it can be stupid. And I don't oh, need yeah. you to it works stupid. both ways. I need you to just do something that makes sense. It works both ways. But the thing about the predictability in The Walking Dead is that with the predictability that happens in this show, we're in a zombie apocalypse where anything can happen, supposedly, but yet you still have the Yeoman Johnsons of The Walking Dead that, like Chief said, when they beam down, you know they ain't coming back up to a Starship Enterprise. And you still have storylines that go nowhere. You still have characters on this show that really don't have a value add to the overall narrative, or, or, or you're not even invested in their character after they've been on screen for three to four seasons. These are the things that irritate you about the show, whereas characters who really could have had an extended life and really could have added life to the show, continue to add life to the show, are long gone. Like Merle, uh, you know, just, just picking one out. But yet we still have, we're in season five of Terra, or season four of Terra, or I think we're, what, five, season five of Terra. Like, seriously? Wait, I'm not you really would like her. to see five seasons of Merle? 
Yeah. Merle was annoying as crap to me the first season. Well, I was you quite glad the- when I thought he was dead. You know why? Because he was an ass. And the ass is the that's the guy that you need to break up the monotony of the good guy. You need, yeah, you, you, you need that anti guy. You need him. You need a little bit. But that's why they have the. I mean, at that point, he was the antagonist. It yeah, wasn't Harold, obvious. He was and like, much and like Merle didn't. I'm not saying Merle needed to be around for the entire run of the show, but we could have got more Merle. I think so. That's just coming from me. I think we yeah. could have got more of him, you know? It's like now, Andrea, I was glad. Andrea was annoying. I mean, her character in the comic book might have been interesting, but her in the TV but show, she was In the TV show, she was the worst. She yeah. wasn't even so much annoying. She was terrible. Yeah. She was just so, terrible. So her, I don't get. I don't think there was any more run for her. Abraham, maybe maybe there was some more run for him. Not, I mean, but it, his, his death served a purpose. Mm-hmm. Carl is a one hundred percent. Y'all should have figured out something different. They should have like, figured out something different for him. They really like, should have. Everybody else, I think de- their death served a purpose. Like now. I don't, I mean, maybe once I watch this episode, like, seeing, like, like Father Gabriel. Father Gabriel, like, his last, that last season where he was, like, thought he was going blind. Okay, you should, this one. Okay, that's what I said. All right. Yeah. I, I figured I'm going to, some of this, I mean, like, certain characters, it's like, <laughs> next, next I feel like trying to, trying to make sense of where this season's going off of one episode is hard. I, not so much that it's clear with two, but there's a, a sense that, hey, this new showrunner, Angela Kang, has ideas on what makes The Walking Dead tick. And she can't magic wand years of mistakes, but right. she's refining what works and not spending so much time on things and characters that didn't. Like Eugene right. hasn't had a lot of screen time, for example. Rosa hasn't had a lot of screen time. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to agree with you, Jeff. When you say, like, sometimes stupid storytelling isn't the way to go. Predictability is the way to go. Because it's like, that actually is like, if I was reading this as a book, I would expect to see, I should know where certain things are going. But when it goes in left field for no reason, then that actually takes me out of the show as well. I mean, like, I know I've thrown more books away just like, all right, that's stupid. I'm done. I mean, I I agree with both points, but at the same time, but at the same time, we're talking about a show where it's the zombie apocalypse. Nothing should be that predictable at all times, to be honest with you. There should be the real element of, hey, we don't know what the hell is going to happen today. We don't know what the hell is going to happen. That should always be... Did that, you predict Noah getting killed in that elevator or in that oh, yeah. uh, revolving? Oh game? yeah. How did you yeah. predict that? Because I predicted that they <laughs> oh, no, seriously. <laughs> no seriously. No seriously. When he had his tender moment with uh, what's his name? Yeah, don't laugh because I, I we I predicted these things before on this show. Go back and listen. Is this okay, story? we're talking about it when Noah got Listen, killed. No, when Noah got killed, I predicted that. When he had his tender moment with homeboy uh, Deanna's husband, I said, damn, they're going to kill Noah. He ain't going to make it to see plans. Wait, wait, wait. Now, wait, I, wait. Have, I didn't predict he was going to get his mouth ripped open the way he did. <laughs> hey, man. I, I mean, that's, that's just everybody in that show. They have their 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 calling moment. It's like, all right, all right, this cast clear. Yeah, you, once you see the swan song, it gets a little too emotional. Yeah, did you predict that Denise was going to get killed? Denise, <clears throat> uh, Arrow, she was running her mouth. No, I didn't, that that was unpredictable. 
that was unpredictable. I kind of figured that when she was giving her diet, I was like, damn, this is the perfect time for something bad to happen. Oh, she got hit with an arrow. I mean, that right there threw me for a loop. But there are certain times where it gets predictable. And, you know, that's the thing about anything. Especially if the show just ran on that long, it's going to get predictable at a certain point. But when you can call out plot lines three episodes before they happen or three episodes before their result, then, yeah, you're getting predictable. Like, we always knew that somebody was going to die at the mid-season mark. That's a mark of predictability. And the last thing I'm going to say about that is The Walking Dead fell into that trap. And you can't fault anybody for saying, yeah, it got predictable, because there are people who said this in season four, which was one of their best seasons to me. You got people who were day one that jumped off in season four because they said, oh, it got too predictable. And I agree to all of that. But the thing is... Like you said before, sometimes the predictability is telling a story. But when I can call the, when I can call your plays, when I can Peyton Manning your defense, then yeah, you've really fallen into a pattern, and that's what happened. That's what they fell into. Now that they're walking their way out of it, and this is what I said from the beginning, from from when we started this, it may be too late because too many people have jumped off, and it's not like this is Law and Order where it's going to go on for 20 years, or Law and Order SVU where it's going to go on and have different cast iterations where you can come back and. Three years and say, oh yeah, it's gotten good again because they'll probably cancel this show either by years, uh, the end of this season or maybe ne- or have a final season next season because the, the, it seems like the writing's on the wall right now, right? Am I wrong or right? With these saying, numbers, uh, you get as low as they are. It sounds very much like the Connors without real yeah. fans. Yeah, like dude. You lost your lead. Uh, you might well, try. I mean, I, I think announcing Rick is leaving wasn't the best move. Yeah. Nah. I don't think that was the best strategy. I mean, because when Carl got killed, no one saw that one coming. No one saw so, that coming. Um, I mean, I, I I just think we were all shocked by that one. And I think if they had done the same, I don't know. I mean, anyway, we talked about Walking Dead too much. Let me jump uh, on to the Arrowverse real fast here. All right, so Flash has gone two episodes in. Uh, Barry's daughter, Nora, has surfaced. And unlike Flash and a real rarity, they actually went into why she's here and it's not a secret to anyone now. The whole crew knows. Uh, they didn't use that to w- create a wedge between Barry and Iris. The villains already showing up, fought Team Flash, whipped them. Um, maybe there's a secret with him in excess. Maybe not. But it seems like they're trying to fix a few mistakes in terms of the villain and the heroes. Now, my biggest problem two episodes in is... I'm not feeling much difference between the sidekick mentor deals we've gotten from Barry and whoever in the last few seasons. We've had him with Wild, we've had him with Jesse, and we had him with Ralph, now with Excess. There's no difference. It's Barry telling them, this is not how you be a hero. This is what you need to do to be a hero. Oh, I'm sorry, Flash. I'll learn better next time. Rinse, wash, repeat. And it's the same deal we've been getting. And the only difference is, his daughter's doing it as opposed to random sidekick. I feel like that's going to get super old. I'm already tired of it two episodes in, and I don't think that's going to change. I really think it would have been a unique twist to have excess coming in. Oh, dad, you can't do this yet. Wow. Let me show you how to do this where he has to play the role of learning, playing the sidekick in a sense to his daughter and learning all of her tricks because you know, and it's not just a thing on the flash. We see that. I mean, we've seen that with Arrow, with with Oliver teaching uh, Speedy, Wild Dog, Renee, or 
Curtis, how to do things, and Supergirl teaching Monel, and you know, it's just so we've seen the mentor sidekick thing so often it's become a crush for the cw and i'm kind of like uh, okay guys let's let's try something else chief what do you think about what's going on so far in the flash well i mean i haven't thought the episodes were that bad um um the flash has always been pretty decent so um the uh the daughter thing was you know uh, there's new, there's new, there's new villain that can take away their powers. Good, you know. Uh, <laughs> I like the way they've they've calmed Ralph down. He's not an idiot anymore. Right, but they made um, Cisco an idiot. Yeah, but I, I don't think that's gonna last. I think the minute they uh, get rid of this, this, this missing his girlfriend. Uh, Storyline that can't last the whole season. Um, <laughs> right, it, it, I think it'll. It, I think it'll go back to normal. Um, so so far so good. And then thank you know, Kid Flash and his perm is gone, so that's good. Um, so what? so far so good on the Flash front. Kid Flash. So yeah, uh, so far so good. You know what I mean? So I'm looking forward um, to, to next week's episode. Good deal. Chase, what do you think? Okay. I, I, I'm i actually not as hard on uh, Flash as you were on your uh, post at lousemoviefile.com. Uh, I actually didn't think that the humor was that silly. I, I thought it actually gave everybody to have their own little reason to be out of the main storyline. I Again, I didn't think Ralph, Ralph was actually a decent human being. Cisco just having a couple too many drinks, you know, getting over, you know, his, you know, his soulmate as he, as he seems. That sounds reasonable. I mean, that shouldn't be wrapped up in, you know, and now that they don't have his, I mean, now that they have this super bad guy they have to deal with, he can actually, you know, he can't take, you know, five minutes to deal with his breakup versus how it was last season where he was so focused on whatever the thinker that he couldn't actually have some time to deal with that. So that makes sense. Like he's, he needs, now, now he's got like, okay, now there's a dude that can steal all our powers. All right, I got to tighten up. No more drinking on the job. So that was cool. Um, I, I think like Caitlin's storyline, okay, what's the deal with Killer Frost? That has some legs to go through. Uh, Iris and Excess, what the beef is between them, really, because even this episode, they, they still weren't hanging out. So there's something there that can get explored. Uh, I do kind of, I mean, like, the fact she, that she was dropping names like Lightning Lad and uh, I guess uh, the guy who, who was it, Ray Troy? Ryan who Troy. did the ring? Like, Adam, Ryan Troy. Yeah, Ryan Troy. Okay, that's what I got. Like, that she's been actually a hero, so she's she, not really JV. Right. You make a good point on that. Like, she's she's been hanging out with Lightning Lad, who's from the few, really future, not 25 years, but like 30 I mean, in the 31st century, like, she she really should be kind of a little more up in her game than, you know, just figuring out how to throw lightning. I mean, like, her dumb CSI stuff is like, okay, like, I can understand, you know, some of this, but yeah. it's like, I mean, that, that, and that's like a, okay, an early little ha-ha-ha, not perfect, but that, that to me can be corrected. That doesn't seem like Earl, I mean, those Arrow seasons – where it was like Felicity was so 
ridiculous. You're like, oh my gosh, what happened to the season one girl that everybody was crushing on? Like this girl is stupid annoying. Like, like that they don't they haven't done anything like that with excess. So I, I'm I'm hopeful and looks like next week's uh, flash is gonna be good too. So. Yeah. All right, uh, Jace. I know you watched Arrow too. Um, I really really like the kickoff to this season. This had me feeling like we're back in season five heyday where it started off strong and never let up. I know this is the first episode, but man, there was so much here. Like I wasn't excited about Oliver going to prison because I'm like, ah, I'm just going to race to get him off. But man, it was, it was, I actually felt like this prison superhero subplot has a lot of legs and he can stand there for a minute and we've got another arrow running around so and we've got a mystery kind of like we have with prometheus where hey who is this underneath the hood and and that flash forward was was pretty clever because i'm like yeah y'all announced it i know it's really roy that's underneath the hood but maybe it is and maybe it's not and i like the mystery and how Team Arrow is kind of split down the middle where Renee is thinking, hey, we need to back this dude and his superhero play. And Dinah's like, no, we need to respect this whole no vigilantes thing that Laurel's enforcing. What do you think about it so far? Uh, I am one episode in. <laughs> Again, it's like funny. Like we can like, oh, we, we can get a bad sense on one show from that one episode. But one, we can be like, hey, this looks promising. I think Arrow goes much more into the prophecy. Unlike when, uh, like when uh, Flash, when they did Flashpoint, I was like, "Why did you rush Flashpoint into one episode?" Like, I, I, I still don't think that was the right way to go on that. But on this, there, I mean, Oliver doesn't have any superpowers. Like, he can stay in that jail cell. I mean, there's at least three or four episodes in there, him in jail, while other things are going on. Like. Have bringing Diaz back the first episode, like, hey, I couldn't find you for five months. Now I got you. Almost about to kill you. Like, that puts that drama up. Of uh, the flash forward, I I know you, on your site you said you saw that. I was really, I just took myself out of it. and was really surprised. Like, oh, that was who's coming here. Oh, what the heck is Roy doing over here? Okay. Yeah. And also, and and I think this was actually funny, good marketing is they dropped like their little trailer posters for elsewhere the same week that come out came out so it's like wait a minute is this is this present day is that is that really roy or is that william from another timeline trying to make it so i mean oliver actually gets out of jail and or he's from another world like they they actually got some ability to play around with and that seems that seems like okay. This 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 show this season looks like it's gonna have some good legs. Doesn't look like I don't think we're looking at anything that's gonna be unserious because that's the one funny thing is like Arrow has it is best when it's not serious. It's when it's serious, and I think this season looks like hey, uh, I mean we get we got rid of William for at least a long time, which I'm, I think as, as soon as uh, uh, Melvin comes back, he's gonna be jumping for joy. Uh, but I think that's yeah. a great. Thing. That wasn't a great. I mean, that was a a two second plot device. But I mean, hey, he he almost should have lost William and had the baby mama wanted to kill him for his actually losing William. I think that would have been a better storyline than him trying to be a surrogate. I mean, uh, him his role as a father. 
but now yeah. we decided to go that route. This route is like, okay, we'll we'll see where this goes, but it looks promising. Yeah, it's funny because I always feel like with Flash, you, which is ironic, Flash needs a little time to develop and flesh out where it's going. But with Arrow, it's either gonna you're either gonna know really early on that this season is gonna work or it's not. And with season four, it was very clear from the first episode that it was not going to be good. Season five, it was like, nope, this this is going to be the complete opposite. This is money. Season six, when no one but Samantha got killed, was a, nope, this is going to suck and not be as good. And that was the case. And this one, I feel like a lot of reshuffling of the deck worked. And characters who were kind of bloating the team arrow ranks are separated and moved on to different responsibilities so they don't necessarily have to be in their superhero alter egos anymore they're not to have it in the layer of arrows like curtis doesn't need to be mr terrific he's just random tech guy who works with argus with diggle it's like we see him he's still in the cast but he doesn't have to be out on the field all the time Mm-hmm. So I, I I was really digging this episode. I hope it continues. I'm looking forward to watching this one play out. Um, last one. Uh, how are y'all on Black Lightning? Are y'all caught up on it? What's the status? What y'all thinking? What's going on with Black Lightning? Chief, what do you think? Um, looking good. Uh, I watched both episodes. So Black Light, uh, Black Lightning is uh. <laughs> It's it's doing it's like it's gonna do its thing again this year. Um I'm curious to see how this what the heck is this uh his daughter's powers are. Right. So they they, 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 they they you know what I mean? Like what is it that she actually does? So, um the the the, the boy who made you tell the truth was an interesting uh concept right. this year. Yeah, yeah I like that. <laughs> Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what goes on. But Black Lightning, and once again, it's looking promising. But I mean, and they've added some new characters. Robert Townsend, Bill Duke. So we'll see. We'll see how. To, yeah, Bill Duke. I haven't seen Bill Duke in anything, and I don't know how long. Yeah. So. Um, wow. Right. So I'm looking forward to this season. You know. Um, you know, the first two episodes was good. And, you know, I'm ashamed to admit, <laughs> I watched Supergirl. And that episode was good. Oh, thank you. Okay, great. All right, Chief, let's talk Supergirl. Let's look back up because I thought y'all all just bailed on me. No, what do you I think of Supergirl? Was there, yeah. All right. So, what do you think of Supergirl? It was a good episode. The right. first, it reminds me of last season. The first half of Supergirl was good. We was yep. all like, wow, Supergirl is really turning a turn and uh and is and is delivering some really good episodes. And uh that that season that season flip, that means season flip happened. We was like, whoa. Yeah. So apparently they bought back the writers again for the first season. What <laughs> they need to do is hold on to them for the second part. So yeah, so like, don't don't just let's not let them just write for the first half. Let them write for the second half too. So yeah, it was it was a damn good episode. Um, I'm like, okay, I can't, you know, I can't wait to see how this goes. So, uh, and then uh, I saw a picture with uh, Bitsy Tula and uh, the dude who plays Superman. 
I think she's supposed to be and and um Lisa uh from Supergirl. They were all together in a picture. So yeah. I'm assuming Lewis Lois Lane's gonna make an appearance. Yeah, she's uh, in that Superman album. Is, yeah, Superman in that um dark costume is gonna make an appearance. They've already hinted that he's off world. So I guess when he touches back down, maybe this is why he, he wasn't there during the because uh, we were all questioning last season where the heck he was during the doom uh the, 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 the doomsday killers or the destroyers or whatever those people were. And we were like, Well where the hell is Superman with the Earth this this close to being destroyed. So I guess maybe he's been off world the whole time. But yeah. So finally we get some answers. Right, brother. Hey, I mean like them saying like uh, he was in Ar- he he went to Argo. It's like okay, that's they. If, if that's how you want to make Supergirl a little more important, that that's perfectly acceptable. Uh, actually, like hey, y'all could have done that last season. It would have made so much more sense. Like right. he couldn't find transportation back to uh, Earth the, the way he was trying to. I'm like okay, that's cool. But I, I think having the structure of Catco will help the show because it was like. It doesn't have to focus on her being Supergirl and super missing know-it-all all the time and then being proven wrong so much and never saying, you know what? My bad. I messed up. I think that'll, that'll help a lot. Uh, coming, coming with hat in hand, but like, sorry, John. I was bad. I was wrong. Can you help me? Nah. You're Supergirl. You, you can figure it out. It's like, I, but yeah, I think... That was kind of lame. <laughs> but I, I mean, like, I, I, I think I, the Liberty looks like he's he looks like he's trying to be a credible villain. Their costume um, is terrible, however. I, it look there was there was some show. It looks no, uh, it looks like uh the the costume from Valentine's not Valentine's Day. D for Vendetta. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. It's actually it is Valentine's Day. It was like the 3D Valentine's movie, like uh, before. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Nah, yeah, that, was, that outfit was better. <laughs> but yeah. he, I'm, I'm, he it looks like a character. Like, okay, he's got something in the background going, uh, Mercy. I, I don't understand why he had to throw Mercy and Otis at the same time together. But I was okay with that. I mean, it's like, eh, whatever. I know y'all trying to squeeze in as much Superman as you can. Whatever. But <laughs> looks promising. I don't. I mean, I'm still trying to figure out how Supergirl didn't understand. Hey, wait a minute. This sounds like somebody punching, and it doesn't sound like an earthquake. And I should be able to hear this since I'm all over the world. Or maybe that DO thing should figure this out. But I, I'll lay my suspicions. I'm sure that's going to be explained later down the road. And I, for this first half, they, they still have me. I said I was going to give it four episodes. This first one is in a positive column. So, good deal. Come on, have you watched any of these? Uh, not yet. They're in my queue. It's been a right. it's been a week. I tell you. All right, all right. Let's let's wrap this bad boy up. Y'all got any nominees for dummies of the week? <laughs> all right, I guess Jermon does. Uh, Chief, how about you? Yeezy, baby. It's Yeezy <laughs> every week from now on to the end of the until the end of the year. So whatever I don't care what anyone else does, it will be Yeezy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And if this had happened earlier in the year, it would have been Yeezy the whole year. Yeah, so, yeah. 
Easy, baby. Easy. I mean, when he, I mean, I thought he was gonna jump in the man's lap and call him dad. Give you a grown ass man. My new dad a hood. I've never seen nothing like it. I have never seen anything like it. Yeah, uh, it was something. I, I mean, Jim Brown was sitting over there like, why did that come? <laughs> like, Jim Brown, this is how, after, uh, don't, I won't remember you for your football, none of the, contrib- I will remember you, the dude who sat beside Yeezy in this meeting just looking at him like he was crazy. That's how I will remember you, Jim Brown. Low burning seat going. Yeah, he, Jim Brown. He was just like foolishness. That's I, 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 yeah. I, I don't even know, man. I, I was usually every week, every week, everyone. Yeezy <laughs> for everyone. Every you get a Yeezy. You get a Yeezy. You get a Yeezy. <laughs> I'm not going to try to convince you otherwise, Chief. That is a fine, oh, fine oh. choice, Jace. What you got? I, I was gonna try maybe I was gonna try and come up with somebody different, but I mean Kanye, I mean Kanye has now decided like, hey, I don't need to take my bipolar medicine. I'm just gonna see what happens and see how the real Kanye works, and it's not working out very well for him. Uh, <laughs> I would say his wife needs to help him, but I, I'm thinking they're just trying to sit back and see where. If they can make some more uh, ratings off him and keeping up with the Kardashians, so. Yo, have you ever felt in your life sorry for Kim Kardashian? No. Oh, what? Because I almost, I almost came to that sunken place watching Yeezy coon around. I was like, man. No start. You know. No start. She could have been happy in her life no. with Chris Humphreys, but no, she's with Kanye. No, no, she asked for this. No, you no, don't feel did. sorry for people. Look. Look, if you if you order somebody orders the lodge, you don't feel sorry for them because now they're puking in the back seat of their car. No, they ordered the lodge. Eat it. I mean, it's like feeling bad for Cassie. It's like you were with the dude for what eleven years, and you got <laughs> broke up with. It's like uh, you should you you shouldn't be broke up with somebody you were dating for eleven years. You should be divorced if you think broke up is the way. That's on you. Thank you. Listen, it was just him and her. No tears. Wink. Wink. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right, Javon, what you got? Come on, man. Kanye West. This is this unanimous decision. I think the scorecard is time in the history of Lyle's movie files, we have a unanimous dummy of the week. <laughs> I mean, we've been doing this for 52, 53 episodes. This Joker is the first time everybody's score is the same. Kanye, 100%. Oh, this, is Vegas, this is a Vegas scorecard, Jeff. This is a, the champs got the belt on this one. You got to knock the champ out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You got to knock the champ on his ass. And I hope <laughs> nobody can do that right now. I think Kanye is going to have a Tyson esque run <laughs> in 2018. And like if, there's prime a, if, there's mouth, if there's a mic in front of that dude, he's got it. It's just like, he's just like, just, yep, yep, I mean, we, got right, we don't I got need a, a hero. We need a Buster Douglas. I got a question for y'all. Has, Tyson, has, has he reached that Tyson zone or that Dennis Robin zone where. Remember, there was a time in Mike Tyson's life and career that you wouldn't be surprised if you found out he was 
butt naked wearing a catcher's mask doing the the the, the, the pop lock and drop it on like New York Avenue. Like you, he's nah, reached that I point mean, where nothing I, he does will surprise you. I feel like there were still some areas with Tyson that I would have been surprised about. Okay. With Kanye, I don't really think there's anything off books at this point. I don't know. Mike was Mike was kind of out there for a second. Though. Yeah, but I mean, I could always chalk it up to him being hit in the head too hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean Kanye's got... You know Kanye, what I think it is? It's these metal feelings. I think that Jari Ryan, somebody lays something in him, and now it's starting to unleash some radioactive material that's caused his brain to fritz. I, I would have thought it was some kind of his brain or something. Hey, man, the maybe genius, it's the Russians. The genius? I don't know. He's, he is a genius. Something. He, he was glad to tell you that he is a genius. Uh-huh. Like anything. Yeah. Including that know, Donald man. Trump is his daddy. He's reaching that stage where there's nothing this dude could do that will surprise me. There's nothing he could do that will surprise me. You know what yeah. would surprise me? Him divorcing Kim. Him, oh, him, make, Kim. him being coherent and making sense? Nah, dude. That would shock me. You I mean, know, the, the Kim thing, I'm not going to be shocked at when it happens. I think that happens by next week. No, I said if he's the one, I, so I figure she's going to be like, wow, these ratings are starting to plummet. I need to find a new husband to get some new ratings. If but if he does it, that... I, mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked either way. I wouldn't be shocked yeah, either way. Yeah, but I, I know Chief does not care about celebrities in their relationship votes, so... <laughs> oh, yeah, we know that. But this one, I'm kind of... I'm, I'm not invested in. I just think it's hilarious because that whole fact, they're ridiculous, man. It's, Quite. It's just a... It's a jackass factory. Yep. <laughs> hey, if Kanye, shoes. hey, if Kanye come out here in a dress calling himself Kenyatta, I'm I'm done. Hey. Okay, but but the funny thing is, would that surprise you? You know, no, honestly, I no, think no. that that would be a step up at this point. If he Man. just came out and was like, "Look, I decided I'm going to be a woman," I would be like, "Okay, look, he's starting to get some sense now." <laughs> <laughs> Which is scary. Anyway, so that's that's all for this. We we can keep talking about Kanye. I'm sure we will in the months and weeks to come. So let's get out of here, fellas. Thanks as always for joining me. Thank y'all out there for listening. This episode of Lyle's Movie Files has been filed.